0: As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Salmons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Welcome to episode 97 of Swimming Upstream. I'm Eric Sammons. 97, we're getting close to the big number 100. I actually have a special announcement I'm going to make in episode 100, so you don't want to miss it. I'm not quite sure when when I'll be doing that one, probably in a few weeks or something like that. But you want to make sure you don't miss it. Anyway, until then, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you might listen to your podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about what I'm calling Team Catholic. And what I mean by that are those people. Uh, whether they are public figures or people who are in the trenches, in the pews, who are working to further the, the goals of the Church, to further the, uh, the, the Catholic Church in the world. And particularly, I want to talk about some of the infighting and just bickering that happens among Catholics who I consider to be on-team Catholic. Now, I'm taking, as my jumping-off point— a recent uh, video by Taylor Marshall that was called Unite the Clans. And in that video, he talks specifically about uniting traditional Catholics. Uh, It's well known that among traditional Catholics there's often uh, infighting and and people disagreeing about various matters and, and rejecting each other and things like that. I want to expand that though beyond traditional Catholics. I want to talk about a little bit more the fighting that happens between conservative and traditional Catholics. Now, I know we don't like labels, and people don't like it when we label Catholics and whatnot. I had an episode on that recently. I think it was the last episode, actually. I'm losing track already and getting old. But I, I think, though, the labels help us, at least for purposes of communication. Conservative Catholics would be those who are orthodox in belief. Uh, they, they prefer probably a reverent liturgy, but they're not really hung up about, for example, the Latin Mass. Uh, They they think that most of the problems after Vatican II came from the spirit of Vatican II, not from the documents themselves, where traditional Catholics tend to want to go back to how things were before Vatican II. Uh, They love the Latin Mass, things like that. And they're also obviously Orthodox in their belief. And so there's often been a lot of fighting between conservative and traditional Catholics. Traditional Catholics tend to look at conservative Catholics as just another side of the same coin as liberal Catholics, whereas conservative Catholics look at traditional Catholics as kind of reactionaries and people who uh, are unreasonable in, the, in what they want and, and just too harsh in their condemnation of all things Catholic, modern Catholic. So that, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Now, I want to start off with a couple quotes from our Lord. In Matthew 12, 30, Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me. Then in Mark 9, 50, he said, He that is not against us is for us. Now, on the surface, those look like almost opposing quotes. But I I don't really want to get into the exegesis of those two quotes and what he meant and things like that. But I admit I've always fav- my personality favors the passage from Mark, which is "He that is not against us is for us." It's a more broad based uh, formula that if you're not really going against me, then then I consider you on the same team as me. You know, whereas the the quote from Matthew is more like, "If you're not with me, then you're definitely against me." So. My personality is non-confrontational. I tend to just think people are on my side unless uh, there's lots of evidence to point otherwise. You know, just call me Rodney King. Can't we all just get along? I'm the Rodney King of Catholicism, I guess. Now, St. Paul wrote that the Church is a body that is made up of different parts, and he specifically said that, you know, if the arm is fighting with the leg or the head is fighting with with the the fingers or whatever— The case may be, it's not really working towards the body. Each part of the body, each member of the body is important and you need all of them. I also think that we can use the analogy of a team. Now, and I think anybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm obsessed with baseball. So I think I'm going to try to use a different analogy. I'll I'll talk about a football team. So some members of a team are the offensive linemen. They're big, they're fat, Okay, maybe they're not fat, but they're muscular. They 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 block the defense from trying to get to the quarterback. Others might be a cornerback. They they try to prevent passes from happening, they try to prevent uh wide receivers from getting the ball and scoring. A lot of times they're the last line of defense with the safeties uh of a of a, a good play, keep them from scoring. You even have the coaches, of course. You have the the, the head coach. You have the assistants, you have the, the, the medical staff, you have the, the, the trainers, you even have the water boys. Every member is important. Every member does a job, but they're not all the quarterback. They're not all the offensive linemen. They're not, not all the running back. They're not all the defensive linemen, the linebackers, and all of that. And so, as long as somebody is working for the benefit of the team, I think it's important that you recognize their role, and you don't try to exile him if he does things differently than you would in that same role. They might have a different role than you have. I I really see this, particularly in the Catholic world, where there are people who, online particularly, they're very harsh in their criticism of Pope Francis, for example, or the bishops, they're very harsh in, in, in calling to account those church leaders who are not maybe being faithful to the gospel, who are perhaps uh, being more faithful to the world than they are to the, to, to the Church. And I think there's a role for those people. I think we have to have those people in the Church. But that doesn't mean every single Catholic has to be doing that. Not every Catholic, including not every public Catholic, every traditional conservative you know, Orthodox Catholic needs to be doing that. We all have different roles. And so I think what we need to do is have more of an attitude of as long as somebody is, as you say, not against us, then they're for us. Now, let me name some names, because a lot of times we have these generic discussions. I kind of made a little list of, let me see how many are there, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 12 names, I think, of people that I consider them all to be on Team Catholic. But I know for a fact often they criticize each other, and they're often not always on the same page in how they do things. Here are some people. Uh, Jimmy Aiken from Catholic Answers. This is an alphabetical order, so just take it for what it's worth. Uh, Cardinal Burke. Archbishop Chaput. Patrick Coffin. Uh, Ray Garendi. Scott Hahn. Taylor Marshall. Michael Matt of the Remnant uh, newspaper. Steve Ray. Bishop Athanasius Snyder. Steve Skoczek of 1 Peter 5. Now... From that list, I count, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four people I would consider traditional Catholics. That would be Taylor Marshall, Michael Matt, uh, Bishop Snyder, and Steve Skoczek. I believe they they would all be considered um traditional Catholics. The rest would probably be lumped into—maybe Cardinal Burke you could also go into there, although I think he kind of is is in between. The rest I would consider conservative Catholics. And I know for a fact that they, they don't always agree with each other. In fact, I've seen spats on Twitter, for example, between uh, various members of this list. But I personally think that they're all working for the good of the Church, and it And they all are basically on what I'm calling Team Catholic. Now, don't get too, uh, I don't know, don't, don't take too seriously when I use the term Team Catholic because, I mean, I'm not trying to have this us versus them thing. It's just an easy way to say these are people that are definitely working for the good of the church. Now, this doesn't mean I agree with every one of them in every single thing they do. I don't like the style sometimes of some of them. It's not the style I would use. But again, I might be the water boy. I'm not going to tell the quarterback or the linebacker how to do his job. And so I probably am the water boy of Team Catholic. That's a good role for me, I think. And so my disagreements with them fall under prudential judgments, not questions of their faithfulness to doctrine or dogma of the church. And so it's okay even in those situations to criticize people, you know, who you consider even being on Team Catholic. But I don't think it's worth my time and energy to nitpick these figures when I disagree with something. And it's definitely not worthwhile, and it's stupid, frankly, to condemn them being off the team because they do things differently than I would. For years, I didn't like—I didn't really— I should say I just didn't like Remnant Magazine or Remnant Newspaper, I guess it is, but I didn't really know much about them. I just didn't like them because I just – what I could – a little bit I knew was they were a reactionary traditionalist magazine, and, and I – you know, are they a magazine or newspaper? I think they're a newspaper. I keep saying magazine, but I believe they're a newspaper, and, of course, they go beyond that. They have a website and videos now. But recently, I've come around and seen that they do important work. Uh, I I saw a video. Actually, the the video I'm talking about with Taylor Marshall, Unite the Clans, was with Michael Matt, who's the editor of Remnant. And I really was impressed that he he very much is trying to work with others as well. And I think that's good. And so I consider him to be on Team Catholic. And I know, though— Many conservative, quote-unquote, conservative Catholics, probably think he is beyond the pale. I also know a lot of conservative Catholics don't like Steve Skoczek of One Peter Five. Now, I'm a writer for One Peter Five, and so obviously I'm a little biased uh, when it comes to One Peter Five. I've actually never met Steve personally. Obviously, we have communications online due to me being a writer for his uh, website. But I know that sometimes he rubs people the wrong way. Yet at the, and sometimes I don't like the way he does things. But that doesn't mean that I think he's off the team, that he's not still working for the good of the Church. And so I really do think that we need to stop the infighting, stop the circular uh, firing squad, and work together—that doesn't mean we have to agree with everything again—but work together for the good of the Church. Now. With everything I've been saying, does that mean that anyone who claims to be Catholic or working for the church is "quote unquote" for us? That he's on Team Catholic? Absolutely not. Our Lord also warned that there would be wolves in sheep's clothing. That's from Matthew seven fifteen. So, even if someone displays the piety of a faithful Catholic, that doesn't mean he is on Team Catholic. There are people who are claimed to be Catholic and who are even leaders in the Church who are not. And let me just name some names here, too. Uh, Father James Martin and Cardinal Blaise Kupich of Chicago, I think, are two prime examples. Now, Father Martin is well-known. He's the Jesuit who loves being on TV, and, and he's always the go-to guy of the mainstream media when it comes to Catholic issues. And he's basically made his life goal to have the Church accept fully homosexuality, homosexual acts— And uh, even homosexual marriage, whatever the case may be. He works against the church. I mean, there's just no question about that. He is not on Team Catholic. And Cardinal Kupich is very similar. Uh, his, His track record is obvious that he also is not what I would consider on Team Catholic. These men are wolves, plain and simple, and they must be resisted. And in fact, I would even claim they're not members of, they're not only not members of Team Catholic, they're on the opposing team. We're actually fighting against them. They may be Catholic in name, but they are, not, they are not working for the good of the Church. They are working for the opposing side. And, okay, yes, I do mean the side of Satan. Now, then there's some that are—some people who are, uh, I would say, are probably another person, for example, I would say is non-team Catholic, but for different reasons, somebody like Mark Shea. Now, Mark Shea, I, I followed for a long time. Back, you know, maybe 20, 15 years ago, something like that. In fact, I even had him come out to my parish about maybe 10, 15 years ago to speak. But his actions online have become so uncharitable in attacking anybody who dares to disagree with his political views that I just don't see how you can consider him part of Team Catholic. Because although it is – I don't know of any heretical views he has. He might these days. I just don't, I don't know. I don't really follow him anymore. I haven't for years. But I see enough of what he does online that I just know that his his judgment has just become off the rails. And so although the, my disagreement with him falls under Prudential, it's so bad that I really can't consider him part of the team, so to speak. Because he's so uncharitable to other people that he really leads people away from Catholicism rather than towards it by his actions. Now... That being said, so I've talked about the people I can kind of consider on Team Catholic. I've talked about the people I consider who aren't on Team Catholic, at least as I see it. Now, there are some people that are harder to pin down. That, that I'm not quite sure what I think. Uh, one of them—I I, I lean one way with one of them, and I'm going to give two examples. I lean one way with one of them and the other way with the other one. The first one I'll mention is Father Larry Richards. Now, Father Larry Richards is a very popular uh, speaker— he is on the uh, Catholic speaker circuit all the time. He speaks at men's conferences, it seems like, every weekend. Uh, and he seems like he's at—in our area, I think he's, at the, he's a speaker at the men's conference every single year. And he's very popular. I will admit I've never liked his style forever, but that's not a big deal. I'm, I don't have to like somebody's style to think they're doing good work. And I know of Catholics who have been helped in their faith because of him. And also, he's been a strong proponent of pro-life causes, so, you know, God bless him for that. But in recent years, he's really become somewhat unhinged, especially when it related to the Pope. Any criticism at all, even the most mild criticism of Pope Francis, leads to a complete and unadulterated attack by Father Richards. I mean, I remember there was a conference—I will say this is second-hand information by Trust the Source—somebody was at a men's conference locally— and they said somebody—there was like a round table and somebody asked a question, and it was about Pope Francis, and their concerns with him. It was a very, you know, kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm concerned about what he's doing. And he just went off, just saying, don't ever dare criticize or say anything against the Pope, and you're not Catholic if you do. And then recently, of course, he had this weird, weird thing where he accused church militant of uh, making a death threat against him. And he had to back off when church militant basically threatened legal action against him. And he And I saw another video recently where he just he just rails on faithful Catholic families who go to daily Mass because he basically kind of assumes that they 're not really you know they don 't really have love in their hearts and i don 't really don 't know what he was talking about it was just it honestly looked a little disturbed and so i 'm not quite sure i would would cons- i 'm not sure where I consider him I, I kind of want to put him on team Catholic because he does some good work but I think he considers most people on what I would say Team Catholic off the team, including me. So he doesn't want to be part of my team. And so I kind of have a hard time. I I think I would take him off just because of the fact that he just just attacks so many people who are doing good work for the Church, who are trying to be good Catholics, that it it seems he doesn't want to be part of the team. But at the same time, to my knowledge, he doesn't have any heretical beliefs or anything like that. So I I don't know. He's kind of a, a nebulous person when it comes to that. Now, an even more difficult figure to pin down is the famous Bishop Robert Barron. And Robert, uh, Bishop Barron has done a great deal of good over the years, and he's presented the Catholic faith in a positive and understandable light to our world. You know, his Catholicism uh, video series really kind of thrust him into the limelight. It's a very good series, a lot of good about it. I, I, haven't li- I didn't like his series on evangelization, to be honest— But, you know, that might be a style issue, I'm I'm willing to admit. And so he really does—he really has done some great work, and and I want to commend him for that. And there's a lot of things I like about Bishop Barron. But I will say he—especially since becoming a bishop, he has some—first of all, he has some squishy ideas about universal salvation— He's very careful in how he says things but he really what he says borders on the heretical. This you know he really embraces uh Hanser's Von Balthasar's kind of view of hoping for every person's salvation. And I've read Von Balthasar and I I'm not willing to even to ascribe to him heretical views on this issue because if you read him carefully he he, he is careful not to explicitly state that everybody is is going to heaven. He just says that we can hope that everybody goes to heaven. I think even that's problematic, frankly, based upon the words of Jesus himself about Judas and about how difficult it is to how narrow the gate is that leads to salvation. And so that that's very problematic. Also he punted, you know, recently on the issue of gay marriage, basically saying we should just drop the issue. And that's a prudential decision. I think it's the wrong one. I don't necessarily say think it's the um it disqualifies you from being on, you know, I'm calling Team Catholic. But honestly, it's like a bishop—the one thing we don't need is more bishops who punt on this issue. I mean, heck, we have bishops who are embracing the issue on the other side. We need at least a few who are willing to fight for it. And so I personally consider him— I consider Bishop Barron on Team Catholic, but just a disappointing member. It's like he should be the starting quarterback, and he would be a star. But due to his own missteps, he's he's kind of sitting the bench. At least in in, in how I would how I would do things, I'd much rather have him leading the charge, being the quarterback, and using his his voice and his abilities to really promote. Catholicism, as it has been understood for the past 2,000 years, and kind of drop these weird issues like universal salvation and really focus on the battles that we face today, which include things like gay marriage. It's, it, that's not a, a side issue. It's one that's f- foremost in our culture today. And, and if we're going to be faithful Catholics, that means we have to engage the culture and what they're talking about and what they're embracing that is contrary to the Catholic faith. So I really—I still pray that Bishop Barron might do that. I mean, obviously he has a great uh, ability to do it, and he also has the, the audience, and, and being a bishop, he has some authority that that most of us don't have. So that's kind of—so I, I kind of went through these different groups of people, people I think who are on Team Catholic, people who I think aren't really on Team Catholic, people I'm not quite sure about. Maybe they're bench players, or maybe they kind of don't want to be on the team. And really, it was, it, you know, this whole idea of team Catholic, it's just my way of saying, let's have as big a team as possible. Let's not kick people off the team because sometimes they do things that we don't like. And I particularly see that, you know, let's not do this—you know, for those of us you know, who are more traditional Catholics, who, who who love a more traditional liturgy, let's be more apt to embrace— those Catholics who might not be as on board when it comes to the liturgy, but they are in so many other ways. I mean, Michael Matt, you know, who's obviously a very traditional Catholic, you know, from the remnant, he even said, you know, when when a priest, for example, a diocesan priest who is beginning to love tradition more, he's not sure how to do it and not sure what he can do because he's stuck in a situation at his parish where he can't really celebrate the Latin mass that much. He, he can't celebrate ad Orientum without a big kerfluffle and all that stuff. Let's not condemn him and just like, say you're a big wimp and, 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 and all of these things, but instead let's help him along and help him to embrace tradition as much as he can and, 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 and take step by step. You know, some people it's baby steps. I mean, Me personally, for example, I have come over the years to become uh, to embrace more tradition, a more traditional Catholicism, and I I didn't like it back in the day when traditionalists would attack me. I I remember one time I wrote a post called "This is my old blog from like ten years ago or more in defense of the Novus Ordo Mass," and it was a little bit kind of half-hearted. I wasn't really saying Novus Ordo Mass was the greatest thing, but I was also saying it's not like terrible either. Oh my gosh! All the traditionalist sites just sick people on me, and, and and just went crazy on me. I'm like, is that really what you what you want to do? I mean, I, I I don't even agree with what I said at the time. But let me tell you, it wasn't those traditionalists who attacked me that got me to think about it. It was later traditional Catholics who were much more uh, open to my journey, so to speak, to use the language of today towards tradition and, and help me along it uh, step by step. And so I think that's what we need to do and and not be so quick to condemn Catholics who might not be on board with everything we're on board with, but they are with the mind of the Church. They are trying to help the Church. So that's kind of my point in this podcast today, is let's make a Uh, room for lots of people on Team Catholic. They might be quarterbacks, they might be linebackers, they might be bench players, they might be managers, coaches, whatever the case may be. They may be like me, the water boy, but let's embrace them all and their roles and help them to be better at whatever it is they're called to be. Okay, well, that's it for today's show. Again, please subscribe to the podcast. Also, remember, we're on episode 97, episode 100. It's going to be a big announcement, which is exciting. Might be another month or so before that happens. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric R. Salmons. I encourage you to do that. I'm also on Facebook. Just look up Eric Salmons, Swimming Upstream. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Swimming Upstream podcast. I'll see you next time. And until then, keep swimming against the stream.